It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 2nd, but it will be September 3rd probably by the time you listen to this. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find me, of course, on Twitter at omd. I hope everyone had a very happy Labor Day. I hope everyone got a chance to check out on Orlando Magic Daily. Com, our list of the most underappreciated players in Orlando Magic history. We'll talk about that list coming up later on this week, or hopefully this week, maybe early next week. But we will talk about that list before we start diving into the regular season, which is coming very, very quickly. I've got my player outlook schedule all set up, so we'll be talking about the 2020 season in very, very real terms here in the next couple of weeks. But I hope everyone had a great Labor Day if you got the day off. Um, it certainly, it's strange times right now in Orlando as everyone's kind of waiting with bated breath to see what happens with Hurricane Dorian. Uh, luckily, it looks like the, the the path has shifted a little further east, but if you are living on the east coast of Florida, especially in central Florida, at least in Brevard, Volusia, Flagler County, do make sure that you stay safe over the next couple of days. We are expecting the effects of Hurricane Dorian to really hit us here in the next two days, so probably... Monday uh, or Tuesday and Wednesday when we will feel those effects of Hurricane Dorian in whatever fashion they come. Uh, so, you know, just because it's starting to track a little further east, uh, uh, which is a good sign for, for us uh, here in Florida, it doesn't mean we should not remain vigilant. So definitely keep an eye on the news over the course of the next few days. And, then hope, and it'll be gone before we know it, hopefully. And hopefully it'll just peter out into the Atlantic, won't hit the U.S. I know the Bahamas got hit pretty hard um, and our, definitely our thoughts and prayers are with them. But before we move back into basketball, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himlay, the Google Play app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here on Lockdown Magic. Want the lowdown on, say, Team USA or any of the any of the players in the, in the on the in the FIBA World Cup? Check out Locked On NBA for the national perspective, as well as individual team sites like Locked On Locked On Celtics, Locked On Jazz, Locked On Wizards for Rui Hachimura. You can find all these great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, NFL Week One is here. It'll be this Sunday. You can check out the Locked On NFL podcast, whether it's teams or Locked On NFL or Locked On Fantasy Football, too. You can find all these great podcasts, plus MLB and colleges as well, wherever you download podcasts. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. And we'll start today's episode with a look at the opening games of the FIBA World Cup. The FIBA World Cup opened on Saturday. They're now on day three. By the time you listen to this, it'll be day four, so some of this might be a little dated. I apologize for that. I'll, I'm going to post this uh, in the early, in the mid-evening, I suppose, 
on t- on Monday and and repost it again on Tuesday. So you you might be listening to this. France, everyone might have already played their second games in their group play. The group play is three games, so we're almost to the end of the first round of the FIBA World Cup. And it's, you know, been there have definitely been some interesting storylines when it comes to FIBA. The first one, of course, is Serbia is really, really good and a lot better than teams they're facing in the groups. As I described in last week's episode, the, the group play doesn't feature a lot of really compelling games and really compelling competitive groups. Uh, in fact, honestly, I would say in the first day, we saw a lot of like really meaningful matchups play out that kind of set us to know like what's going on. I mean, what's what's going to happen? Poland beating China um, in, in Group A on Monday was a big surprise. And Poland now at 2-0 is advancing to the second round. A little bit of a surprise there. But we, we got a good sense of who a lot of these teams are in, in, these first game, in the first game and a half or so. Uh, and how this tournament is, is going to shake out heading into the second round, which is, I think, really when this tournament begins. Um, fortunately, with the way the qualifying process was, because there are some very good teams that are not in this tournament. Uh, Slovenia, we, we see you and we respect you. Um, the qualifying for this tournament was a mess. Uh, this tournament, FIBA really shot themselves in the foot as far as making this tournament mean something. Um, it, it's it's not a collection of the best teams in the world uh, because Slovenia is not there. Slovenia won Eurobasket. They should have got, be, they should be there. Um, you should be seeing Luka Doncic and Goran Dragic play. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Everyone agreed. I suppose everyone agreed to this process. And, and the U.S. you know had to fight to get in this tournament. Actually, which if the U.S. had missed this tournament, then it would have lost all legitimacy. Um, but. The first couple games saw uh, some interesting storylines develop, and, and we'll, we'll focus in here specifically on the Orlando Magic players. Uh, this is, you know, I, I, I will admit, the first two games with Nigeria are really the first time that I've gotten a good look at Al Farouk Aminu and seen how he plays and, and, and what he looks like on the court. Uh, and... and Nigeria played a humongous game in their opener Saturday against Russia. In fact, I would argue that that game against Russia was their play-in game. Uh, Whoever won that game was going to advance to the next round of the tournament. They're in a group with Argentina, and I'll talk about the Argentina game here in a minute. Um, But that game against Russia was a a huge one. And Nigeria is an interesting team. And honestly, I would say this, even though they're now 0-2, so spoiler alert, they've lost both games. Uh, even though they're 0-2, I am really impressed with this team. This team, uh, I, I think that they're, there's a lot to like about this team. They're still very raw and very young in their backcourt. Um, but Josh Akogi has played fantastic. Um, they've got some interesting guards. Uh, David Nwara, um, there's a kid from Louisville. His name just keeps escaping me. Um, and then they also have Chuma Okiki and Oji Ananobi in their roster pool if they want to play. And I, I think there's a, a chance, at least. I don't know I don't know what Chuma's feelings are. Uh, but obviously, Chuma wasn't going to be able to play in, in this year's tournament because we're not even expecting him to play for the Magic this year. I would say that... I would say that that Nigeria was very competitive. And I think that they played very, very well. Um, they, they had to fight back from behind against Russia to tie the game. They took the lead late in the third quarter, late in the third quarter and heading into the fourth, and it was a close game. It came down to the, to the wire. And 
Alpha Rukuminu, to me, is a player that fills gaps. As I've watched this Nigeria team play more and more, it's he's less about getting his own offense. Um, you know, I, I, when I looked at the roster and saw how young they were, I was like, they're going to need Aminu to step up and take a little bit more of the scoring load. But that's not really his game. His game is filling gaps and playing defense, and, and he was really impressive on that end. I was watching him play with, with this, you know, imperfect roster and this collection of guys, and I kept thinking to myself, the things that he's doing for this team are going to be really valuable for the Magic in the playoffs. Now, his, his scoring is inconsistent. Um, he isn't the best player, and frankly, against Argentina, I thought he let Luis Scola get under his skin a little bit, and he became a little wild, which, I, honestly, I liked seeing the aggression out of him. I didn't mind that part of it. Um, but he definitely hurt his team a little bit trying to go after Scola in, in some ways, and, and Scola, Scola beat him a little bit. So I think there's going to be some inconsistency to Aminu. And I would say, I, I think that Aminu will be in and out of the rotation, and I think the Magic really signed him to bolster practices because he will be a big boost in practice and to use him in the playoffs. He is a playoff grinder type of player. Um, he, he is going to be very valuable. If you remember in the playoff series against the Raptors, there were times when Jonathan Isaac got into foul trouble and they had to go small on Pascal Siakam. And Siakam, that's when Siakam fed. He fed on Terrence Ross. Now that you have Aminu in there, you always have a big four to pair with a big three. So the Magic size is is a real thing now. And so I think he'll help with matchups like that. And honestly, I've speculated about this too. I think there is the distinct possibility that Aminu could play some small ball center. So that first game against Russia, though, at a time when Nigeria needed Aminu to step up, that's when Aminu came to the forefront. And that's what was most impressive to me about it. Aminu did a lot of little things very, very well throughout the game. And then in crunch time, they went to Aminu and he delivered. They didn't win the game, but he delivered time and time again. He had a nice post move to score that tied the game. He had a steal that helped Nigeria take a brief lead. He doesn't play outside of himself. If the, if the drive isn't there, if the shot isn't there, he keeps the ball moving. And he can drive with the intent to kick out. He's never super out of control. Like I said, he let Luis Scola kind of drag him into it a little bit in, in Monday's game. And so, I came away really impressed with Aminu in that he's going to be someone the Magic can really rely on. Unfortunately for Nigeria... That's not enough for what this team needed. Monday's game specifically was a really frustrating one for Aminu. I think he was one for six from the floor. He got to the foul line a lot in in Saturday's game against uh, Russia. Couldn't get that same benefit of the whistle. You could see Scola kind of getting under his skin. Scola drew a couple charges. And Argentina, and, and, and a game that was tied at halftime, and, and Nigeria fought really hard to tie that game at halftime. In a game that was tied at halftime, Argentina really took the lead behind Compasso, behind uh, La Proleta, I'm sorry if I messed up that name, uh, behind our good friend Patricio Garino, who had a fantastic game on Monday morning. They took the lead and never looked back. Nigeria just did not have the, the composure 
And I think Aminu had to be a little bit more of a leader in that sense. They didn't have the composure and the ability to catch up. Russia defeated Korea in the other game, and so Nigeria is officially eliminated from the FIBA World Cup. A tough way to go out for sure. But through two games, I personally, I can't help but be really impressed with Aminu. Um, I, I do obviously, I've, I've mentioned a few things that are a little, not unsettling, but a little, something, some things you have to consider and remember about him. But I was, again, generally very impressed with Aminu, and, and I'm really excited to see him in a Magic uniform. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But the big game that came out of the weekend for the Orlando Magic, at least, came came Sunday morning when France took on Germany. The top two teams in their group, it was not a game that Either team should have felt a lot of pressure about winning or losing, but it was a big game nonetheless. France has medal aspirations. There's no getting around that. France believes they will medal in this tournament. As, honestly, they should. They should believe that. With Rudy Gobert, Nicolas Batum, Evan Fournier, uh, Vincent Poirier coming off the bench at at the four, uh, Frank Nilakina, Nando DiColo, they've got a lot of really good players. Uh, Imbai had a, an incredible game. He's a great shooter for France. This is a team that believes they will win a medal this year in this tournament. And it had to start in this game. And it started with a bang. France scored the first 16 points. They held uh, Germany to 1-for-20 shooting. And it would look like it was going to be a blowout. In fact, even though Germany came back, France reopened a 20-point lead in the third quarter. But France had a problem throughout the game, and it was their turnovers. And Evan Fournier was guilty of a few of them. He had three turnovers, although I would characterize them as, as aggressive passes more than anything else. And France did let Germany back in the game, and it was a tight game once again down the stretch. And as I think most Magic fans have come to learn, Evan Fournier thrives in those situations. Evan Fournier, with with France up by only two points, hit an incredibly difficult Dirk Nowitzki-style one-legged fadeaway over a center to clinch France's victory. All in all, Evan Fournier scored 26 points. He made 50% of his shots, uh, added a few assists, added a few steals. He had a complete game. And it wasn't a game where he had this huge scoring binge. He scored a lot of points in the fourth quarter, don't get me wrong. He had a move where he lost the ball, gathered it again, and found the balance and 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 the space to shoot a three-pointer. He had a, had one of his, you know, patented step-through floaters. Uh, he had he was able to move the ball to Rudy Gobert really well. Fournier had his moments where he took the lead. And in the fourth quarter, he was the guy. They were running their offense through Evan Fournier, pick and rolls with Rudy Gobert. They trusted him to make good decisions, and he made great decisions, and France won the game. 
And Fournier was a big reason for it. Without a doubt. He was a huge reason for it. But what was really impressive to me about Fournier was just how he was able to find balance. Yes, early in the game he had a few ill-advised shots, I would say. And he missed them, and, and, and you could tell he was going to miss them because they were just these kind of wild, off-balance shots. I think we would all recognize from watching Fournier over the years that his biggest problems, his biggest issues come when he is trying to draw, when he's trying to do too much, when he's off balance, when he's trying to force his way into the lane rather than just kind of playing, you know, under control. And that's what he was like early in the game. Airballed a three, turned the ball over on a wild pass. That's not the good Evan Fournier. But after that initial spate, when he came in for a second stint in the game, he was on point the rest of the game. Finding that balance, finding that space, just being able to create a little bit for himself enabled him to make good decisions, number one, which of course is important, and enabled him to gain confidence. And a confidence on balance, Evan Fournier, is super dangerous. Is a kind of player that can put up 26-point games very quickly and win games late. We've seen that. and In fact, I'll be writing about this on OrlandoMagicDaily.com in the coming days. Zach Harper of The Athletic pretty much broke down the numbers and agreed the Magic should go to Evan Fournier late in the games. He has the clutch gene, and he's actually above average when it comes to making quote-unquote clutch shots. Evan Fournier showed up in a big way for France. In a key game, in a game that probably will will let them win this group as they are expected to. He played good defense on his man. He tracked his man pretty well in a game where Germany was hitting a lot of three-pointers. Fournier was not guilty of giving up very many. There were, He communicated well on switches. He was willing to guard Dennis Schroeder on several occasions and, and I thought did a very good job on him. And of course... That's all a very important first step. That's all a very big piece to this puzzle. France will play Jordan on Tuesday morning at 8.30 a.m. And that's a game France is probably going to win pretty handily. So France's first big test in this tournament they passed with flying colors. They dominated. They didn't dominate, but they they were able to win playing a very sustainable style. They got to clean up their turnovers and they got to clean up their three-point defense. And once they do that, this team is extremely dangerous and, and Evan Fournier is a big reason why. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But bringing things back to the U.S. and bringing things back to uh, the NBA and the Orlando Magic. Last season was obviously a revelation. And, you know, the Orlando Magic, interestingly enough, I actually found the stats on this, are actually, they're tied for the most players participating in the FIBA World Cup. Four players is among the highest rate, highest participation rates in the World Cup. And whenever guys are playing these high-intensity games, there's always a little bit of concern that guys could play injured or could get hurt or could get wear and tear injuries that could affect them in the season. Now, there isn't much data to back this up. There's anecdotal evidence, of course, and it's obviously in public view. But there's not much data to back it up. In fact, there's there's some data to suggest that players who play in these international tournaments come back more energized for their season. They come back ready to play their regular seasons a whole lot more. Which is, which is cool, which is fun. But there's undoubtedly this underlying concern, I think, for the Orlando Magic. A, a, a thought that what we experienced and what we saw in 2019 wasn't completely real. And one of those reasons is the Magic had a ton of injury luck. Now, the Orlando Magic lost plenty of games to injury. They, they weren't among the top teams in terms of games lost to injury. But you break down the numbers a little bit further. The top six guys for Orlando last year, so Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, DJ Augustin, Jonathan Isaac, and Terrence Ross, they all played at least 75 games last year. The Magic's top six players all played at least 75 games last year. Nikola Vucevic missed two games last year. One, he was held out of the last game for rest. And the second was paternity leave in December. He played the entire season. DJ Augustine missed one game last season. I think he sprained his ankle at one point and missed a game. Jonathan Isaac, when he sprained his ankle early in the season, missed just five games. Or six games, something like that. The Magic were incredibly healthy last season. And you could argue that the only major injury they faced last year, Mohamed Bamba, it arguably helped them. That arguably was an injury that helped turn the Magic season around in some way. Because Ken Birch might have been the better option overall. The Magic know they probably cannot count on that kind of injury luck again. It's great to have it, and the Magic took advantage of it. But that's probably not going to happen again. So 
as bad as, say, 2018 was with injuries, and the Magic were about middle of the pack in terms of games lost to injury in 2018, but it obviously had a huge effect on that team to be without Terrence Ross for so long. Nikola Vucevic missed significant time. Aaron Gordon missed some time. Jonathan Isaac was obviously out for a long time. Injury luck can be the difference between a 30-win season and a 40-win season. It can swing that much unless you're prepared for it. And so when I look at what the Magic did this summer and how the Magic built their team up this summer and and some of the depth issues and, and training camp battles that we anticipate seeing, I look at it as the Magic worked really hard to ensure that they could handle the injuries that might come. We discussed on here why the Magic would have signed Al Farouk Aminu. And I would argue that they wanted a backup power forward that played similar to their other forwards, and so they can always have two of their big forwards, Isaac, Gordon, and Aminu, on the floor, and they don't have to change the way they play. They can continue playing a versatile switching defense with those guys on the floor. And and again, Aminu is a starting-level player still. Magic have a high-level bench player. He's I, I know I said that I think he might be in and out of the rotation a little bit, but he's going to play. And that squeezes Wessel Wundu's minutes a little bit. That might squeeze Terrence Ross's minutes a little bit. They might manage Ross a little bit more. Um, you know, you know, who knows what you'll get from Fultz. There's a lot of things that Steve Clifford is going to have to jumble throughout the course of the season. But that move was a, you know, break glass in case of emergency if Gordon or Isaac have to miss any extended time and you still have a starter quality player. If Bamba or, you know, Vucevic has had his injury issues, re-signing Ken Birch bolsters that, even though Birch may be kind of the odd man out a little bit, at least at the beginning of the season. If something were to happen, you have a guy that you trust that you can throw into the lineup. If Bamba's not ready to start, Birch, you can be more than comfortable throwing in there for whatever minutes you have to if you have to split minutes with Bamba until you feel like Bamba's ready. All these rotation questions that we have, these these training camp battles that we think are going to happen, are as much, are, are, are thinking about the team as if they're fully healthy. But as everyone likes to say, by the end of the season, nobody's really healthy. Nobody's 100% by the end of the season. And so if you have guys that you know will allow maybe Aaron Gordon to take a game, or for DJ Augustine even, if, if Markel Fultz is ready to take a game, or Nikola Vucevic to take a game, if you can load manage some of these players, you can optimize them when things matter late in the season. Now, of course... The Magic aren't a team that can probably afford to do that, like, planned out. The Raptors knew they could plan out Kawhi Leonard, Leonard's load management because they were going to be a playoff team anyway. They weren't going away. But Orlando can if Orlando gets out to a good start or Orlando feels like they, they, they need to give a guy a day, they have that ability. And that's what this added depth is supposed to do. Now, 
again, that's a lot of it's granted on Aminu maintaining his abilities and and Wessel Wundu taking another step and Marco Fultz being available because the one place the Magic are a little bit exposed to injury is at point guard. If Fultz isn't ready to go, you've only got Augustine and Carter Williams with Josh Majette as a two-way guy. That's probably not the best depth to have at point guard. So it's definitely still a weakness. Um, you know, But everywhere else, you've got three guys capable of playing every position. And honestly, three rotation-level guys capable of playing every position. And you can shape a rotation to use them all. To have one sit in case of emergency. There's a way to make it all work. I, you know, you don't want to predict injuries because injuries are random, but I don't anticipate the Magic having the same injury luck, having all six of their top guys playing 75 plus games. And, you know, honestly, as optimistic as I am about the Magic, that was a huge reason Orlando made the playoffs was that all their top guys were there every single night. That stuff's important. That stuff matters. Having your best players gives you the best chance to win. And having that reliability and that chemistry and that rhythm, that also helps. I don't... I anticipate this season to have a few unexpected road bumps in a way that that maybe 2019 didn't. But I can say, certainly I think more than last year, I think the Magic are better prepared to handle it. Even if everyone stays about the same as they were last year or a few players take a step back, there are players that I think can step up into those roles. And if you happen to miss a starter for a game or two, there are players ready to fill in. And I think they're ready to fill in in a way that they weren't last year. And that's another reason, I think, why we should be optimistic about the Magic this year. Because one thing that definitely went right for them last year, they're covered for this year. And who knows? Maybe they get injury lucky again. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore MD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can uh, definitely go on to OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Check out our ranking of the top 30 most underappreciated players in Orlando Magic history. Um, we'll be talking about that list a little bit later on in the week, hopefully, on the podcast. So we'll... We'll chat a little bit about that as, as we kind of wind down the offseason and get ready to look ahead to the 2020 regular season. It'll be here before you know it. We'll start player evaluations here coming up in the next week or so. But that's going to do it for me today. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday are big days in Central Florida. Uh, we'll be dealing with Hurricane Dorian. Uh, it does look like it's moving a little further east, but if you live in Brevard, Volusia, Flagler County, anywhere on that Florida east coast, Please, please, please be safe. Listen to local officials. If you've been ordered to evacuate, please do so and do so safely. Um, it, this is still a very powerful storm, even though the news has been good about it shifting a little bit further east and away from mainland from the mainland. But it's still a very dangerous storm. It's still going to cause serious conditions. We're expecting tropical storm force winds here in Orlando on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So we, you know, we don't want to 
We don't, we want to remain vigilant. We don't want to take anything happening lightly. So definitely, 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 definitely stay alert and pay attention to the news as well as the storm comes through. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 